The Short Code Podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com. Welcome back to The Short Coat, a production of the University of, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Veller. That's not important, though. It's not important. What is important are my co-hosts. Say hello to M1 Alex Belzer. Hello. Also, here's M1 AJ Chowdhury. Yo, yo. We've got M1 Nicole Hines. Hi. And we've got uh, the grand dam of co-hosts at this point, MD, PhD student, Aline Sanduk. Thank you. On today's show, we're talking about what your family and friends should know about you being a med student. Maybe before you start, they all have questions. They all have expectations and hopes and dreams for you. What can they really expect, though? We should talk about that. But first, we have we have a, a special visitor, and I would like to <gasps> see say something, Nicole. Here he is. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wait a minute! Wait, wait a minute! We can't see because I did it wrong. There's, there he is. Here's Carl. Oh, there is no better name than Carl. <laughs> that is. And the, it was before all the memes started going around. That's the perfect. Is there a meme? About yes. hedgehogs? About Wait, hedgehog where'd he go? Where'd he go? Carl. Where'd he go? Put him, put him back. Okay. What is he, camera shy? <sighs> He's just shy, shy. There he is. Oh. oh, my God. They're so cute. God love him. Okay. You can put him away now if he's happier in his little hat or whatever that is. You keep him in a hat. <laughs> his pouch. Uh, yeah. His little. So what were the memes that went around about this? About hedgehogs? It's just like Carl stopping by to say hi. Just like a little oh. picture of a hedgehog. Yeah. Gotcha. Very I live very very non it's not that deep. Like you would yeah. think yeah. one of those one of those things that just is. There's it, no explanation for it. It's just pure. It's an excuse to put Carl in a in a picture, that's all. Yeah. How wholesome. Yeah. Alex, AJ, you're just starting your second semester after a bit of a break. Uh, There's Nicole, another M one here. Nicole, sorry. <laughs> I just want you to paint a picture for us. Using word pigments and phrase brush strokes on an ear hole canvas about your experience thus far. Paint a picture for us. Show us the heights of your triumphs, the uh, depths of your tribulations, the bright colors of your new knowledge, the muddy hues of your sleepless nights. What was it like in the spirit of helping our families understand, helping your families understand? My family doesn't give a shit about you. Helping your families understand. <laughs> Or just a bunch of neurons studying a bunch of neurons right now. It's very meta. Oh, wow. That's that's deep. That's deep. Yeah, I'm oh. self-aware now. I'm more <laughs> self-aware than I've ever been. It's a blessing and a curse. So give me an overall impression of what the M1 first semester is like. It, it feels weird since we're in the like Zoom school of medicine era now and everyone's going to be virtual. Like I don't really know most of my classmates at this point, so they're... I'm kind of like on the same page with everyone just talking to them on the phone or over video chat outside of school. What about you, Alex? You were going to say something. Yeah, I'm going to propose a new analogy. So okay. like the, the classic analogy is like trying to drink out of a fire hose. Yes. 
but have you ever seen the videos of people like turning the the speed on the treadmill like all the way up and then like they put one foot on and they put one foot on and then they like and then they fly off onto it and they fly off the back yeah well you can't fly off the back there is no flying off the back <laughs> there's no there's, <laughs> there's no spikes back. in the back there's no back back there <laughs> but it's i don't know I, I i gotta say that while it was hefty i'm like i learned things that i didn't even know i learned that i'll just start thinking about something and be like wow i don't even remember learning that Ooh, that's the idea yeah so i guess the treadmill's working all right yeah, you got to trust the system a little bit. It, you know, all this pressure you all put on yourselves to remember things and all that kind of stuff, that's important. But also, it just kind of works sometimes, I think. Yeah, yeah. If you throw enough pepperoni at the wall, some of it will stick. Pepperoni. Okay. Are we the pepperoni? Is that what you're implying? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I think like medullary nuclei are the pepperoni at this point. Uh, <laughs> ew. <laughs> yeah, the the bronchial arches are the pepperoni. Well, our, our topic this week is sort of related to that, which is sort of letting people know, people in our lives, I keep saying this like I am a med student, but I'm not a med student, but letting family and friends know what they need to understand about medical school and your life in medical school. And I think there are things that people need to know. Things like managing expectations for your time, the emotional aspects of med school, things like how you now need to think of grades and performance, the career and specialty aspects, how it works, just how med school works, how they can help you without getting in your way, things like that. So I thought we would give that some time today. And I wanted to start with managing expectations because that's probably the thing that a med student should in immediately start with or a pre-med student should immediately start with so that people understand what's coming any any thoughts about have you had to manage expectations at all i guess the most important thing for me that hit me immediately starting school is if you're moving from far away to go to med school make sure your friends and family know the time zone difference so they're not waking <laughs> you up wow. at like four in the morning to talk see now that's something i not might not have thought of myself that's good that's good that's a really basic like ground truth level thing to do anything else all i know right now is a brainstem okay aline did you ever have to do any expectation management nicole i yeah i would say so i think Anyone that's really close with their family can expect maybe their level of communication to go down a little bit. And it doesn't mean, you know, that you don't love your family. It's just every waking moment has to be spent on school wherever possible. For some people, some people, I think, treat med school like, like a 40, 45 hour a week job and they do great. And that's awesome. But for some folks, I think time is really of the essence. And I think a lot of people outside of med school think that it's like a job and after five o'clock you clock out and you go home and you relax, but it's kind of a 24 hour a day job. So I, I think I didn't have to do as much because they have that Friday of orientation for family and they kind of give them that talk where they say like, look, like their time is going to be completely taken up by this and you need to understand that and respect that. And my mom told me, she's like, I really listen to that. And I want you to know that I'll, I'll listen when you tell me I have to study. I can't talk. And you tell me when you can. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good bomb right there. That's a good bomb. Yeah. I've I've, I've yeah. heard I've heard other stories. <laughs> yeah, I wish my parents had gone to that. That would have been cool. <laughs> I kind of kind of building on what Aline said. I feel like the people that are close to me that aren't in the medical field get like a little bit annoyed when all I can think about when I talk to them is 
medicine. And so sometimes I'll just like say things that like came to my mind about random bodily functions, I guess. I and, do that also, but I mean, for different reasons. But. Yeah. 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 Maybe we'd get along. Maybe we should spend some free time <laughs> together or something. I don't yeah. know. But I feel like they get annoyed at that. And that's just something I can't control. Like I am fully immersed cannonballing in all around me i get super excited i'm like did you know that your nose has erectile tissue <laughs> look at me they're like <laughs> oh yeah i've used that one too one of the first times people asked me how med school was going i wasn't really thinking too hard about what i was gonna say and what i said without any filter on my brain was like it's weird knowing what people look like on the inside now <laughs> <laughs> there, there are two kinds of people that can say that, and that is med students and uh, serial killers. So There's criminals yeah. and people who get paid to do it, but it was such a disturbing answer. The person was like, uh-huh, uh, okay. Uh, anyway, I think, yeah, someone in the other room is calling me, yeah, and they just at... ran away. So, yeah, another, we think about weird things. Another one that stuck with me is the histological transverse cross-section of a penis looks like Cartman from South Park. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Swales said that and I, it, it was over. Dr. Swales would. Getting that. He would. I think say I that. actually showed that clip to my husband. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You mentioned the fire hose earlier. The other aspect of the fire hose is that, you know, you're, you don't have, there's no time off outside of scheduled breaks. Not really. And the problem with that is that People tend to schedule life events. People in your family tend to schedule life events outside of those specifically authorized times when you can get away from medical school. And so you have things like guilt trips about why you can't go. Why can't you go to your sister's destination wedding? Things like that can can also crop up. So not that you should tell them, well, don't schedule family events and except at these particular times. But just don't expect me to like show, go to them. And, you know, we often end up spending our time away from work doing other types of work that we couldn't do because of our day job, which is being a med student. So like what? Cleaning. <laughs> like a lot. Right. I mean, I like I'm half joking when I say that. And I'm not like it's it's not dirt. It's just like the calories I would spend thinking about putting my coat up in the closet is a calorie that I'm spending away from studying. And so I would get home and just throw my things to the side and then get directly to work. So putting everything else in your life in order that kind of gets pushed out is is always a big priority when you have any time for me anyway was a big priority when i had time off that hits yeah. too close at home as i stare at the pile of clothes <laughs> on my bed right See, yeah you carefully like... you carefully aimed your uh, camera uh, <laughs> so that people on the live stream wouldn't know here let me just uh, move my laptop away there, from that side there you go <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that, Aline. Sort of the darker side of the immersion in it is you mentioned guilt and being away from studying. And I think those go like hand in hand. There's times where I'll be like, I don't know, screwing around on my phone or watching the newest Churdley's video and uh, with AJ probably. <laughs> and I'll be like, wow, I sh really should be looking at those 40 diagrams that I am supposed to memorize. And it, it sticks constant like you are not allowed to have fun, which mm -hmm. I know isn't true. But it, it feels that way sometimes. Well, it's hard to rec it's hard to reconcile fun with 
the prospect of maybe not getting that test question right. I don't know. But, you know, at the same time, you're right. It's important to make time for yourself or at least discover that balance. Yeah. If you don't feel bad at the moment you are having fun, you will feel bad when you're in the test and you see a question that you recognize the words from a lecture and you're like, oh, damn it, this is what I get for having fun (laughs) and not knowing the answer. So that's very relatable for sure. It is a bit of a survival mechanism. There should be like, I just realized there should be like an answer on every test question. Like, I don't know, I was having fun. (laughs) And like you get maybe like three of those per test, like three free ones per test. Maybe it should be, I don't know, I was practicing self-care. Yes. Like, because if you spend all your time studying and you don't do any of that, like at some point, you're not going to be productive. Yeah, we, we can tweak we can tweak like, the wording. We we all get to that point at at, at some at some point studying like I'm going to suggest. Like, this. Uh, well, maybe not all of us have hit that, but I've hit it multiple times and it's always a constant struggle to remind myself like step away i'm going to suggest this at the next medical arts and sciences committee meeting which i am there just to take minutes for but i'm pretty sure that they will take my recommendation to heart yeah dave i i know you're you're probably gonna have to edit this out but that would be infinitely more useful than the wellness passports oh honestly my second wellness passport was the best thing for me last semester I hadn't cross-stitched in a long time, and I had a friend reach out to me to ask me to make something for them, and I originally said, no, I'm too busy with school. I was like, I need a project to do for that. Why not do it as my wellness passport? And it was the best thing to wind down at the end of the day. Hmm. That's wholesome. That's That's the most wholesome hot take I've ever heard. That's awesome. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of, that's what they want. I I didn't want to, like, share my whole design as part of my wellness passport, but <laughs> it's also cross stitching is also probably something you could do while listening to lecture while being on Panopto. So yeah, right. I wrote about working out and I couldn't send my entire workout routine, so I just wrote it while I was working out. <laughs> you need to record a video and attach it. AJ does not waste time. There's no double use time for AJ for everything. Three <laughs> X through all the lectures between sets of deadlifts. What about the emotional aspects of medical school? Was there ever a moment where you found yourself unhappy or excited or just something that you needed to share with your family and they didn't understand or you needed to do more explaining than you thought you would have to do? I was just going to say, I guess I'm I'm realizing that my family has been pretty cool through all of this, actually. I haven't really struggled with this as much if anything i've heard you know sadness in their voices because like they miss me but that's the most bad i've ever felt i think from them like they get it they understand i was thinking of you know sometimes things happen in medical school that don't happen in other people's lives generally speaking the extreme one i'm thinking about is witnessing death or you know some people have very strong reactions to the their first time working with a cadaver in anatomy lab or something like that i think the difficulty of of trying to prepare your family for those ideas is that you don't really know how you're going to react to those things you know in advance but it might be good just to like speculate about that ahead of time so at least they know that hmm, oh that's something i maybe didn't think about that you might have to deal with and maybe come to me for support on because i think emotional support is probably 
among the biggest things that that they can help you with if you have that kind of family. I, yeah, ideally, hopefully. I I wonder, and I I don't have an opinion one way or the other. I'm just curious if that's any easier um, or harder with students who come from medical families. Like, I wonder if people who come from medical, if their families are like better equipped to kind of prepare them for some of the harder moments in med school like that, you know, seeing someone pass on for the first time or making a medical mistake for the first time. I mean, obviously not at our stage, just because I don't think we're ever left to be that independent to be able to make a mistake that hurts anyone. But you know, things, but, you know when you make a, like that. When you make a mistake though, as a med student, I would assume that part of, at least part of you is thinking, Ooh, what if that was for reals, you know, realsies? for realsies. So mm -hmm. I don't know. That's, that's something to, to think about too. What about grades and performance? I mean, one of the things that sometimes med students say is, you know, well, I've realized that I'm no longer the smartest person in the room and your parents or your family maybe have invested a lot in, in the idea that that you're a friggin' genius, and uh, and now all of a sudden, you know, maybe you maybe didn't do great on that test. I wonder if that's. I don't think that, you know, if it were my family, it probably wouldn't come up. They wouldn't be. They probably they probably would be stunned I got into med school in the first place. So I don't usually share my grades with classmates, but I will share them with my parents. And there was one time that I was like, oh, I got just an 80. And my mom was like, just an 80? That's amazing. And like, I'm not saying an 80 is a bad or anything. I just use that as an example. And it's, it's things like that where it doesn't matter what grade it is. She's going to she's going to tell me that it, it's amazing that anything I'm doing, that the fact that I'm staying engaged, that I'm learning, I'm in medical school. It's, yeah. it's amazing to her. Yeah, she's she's my biggest cheerleader. And that that means a lot, which is a great which is a, a great way that, you know, your family can support you. I mean, sometimes you need a cheerleader. A lot of times I would think you need a cheerleader. I mean, we've talked many times about imposter syndrome on this podcast and you know that sort of self-doubt that creeps in every once in a while and to have somebody once in a while saying hey that's not a that's not a thing you need to worry about i've actually been experiencing it quite a, quite a bit this week the way i explained it to my nest group was it hit me like a mac truck yeah and it was really bad yesterday and i called my mom up because i just needed somebody to talk to and the way it impacts her seeing those things happen. I think it just kind of hits her heart in a way that she wishes I could see myself the way that she sees me. I don't always recognize the things that I've done or give myself credit. Yeah. And she she tries to give that kind of perspective and it's important to have like those kind of people. Not everybody has that. And I I hadn't ever experienced this before and I'm, you know, working on it. That's something that's really important to talk about. One of the things that, that was particularly impactful for me last semester was after the first anatomy exam, the professors actually stopped uh, lab and brought out this diagram of a bell curve and what it looks like when you take all the people at the top of the bell curve and put them all into medical school together, what do you get? And you don't just get a bell curve that's been skewed way towards the 100th percentile. You just get another standard distribution. And that as long as you're passing all your classes and you're putting in the work that you need to, you're probably going to be a great doctor. So I, I told my parents that like as long as I'm maintaining good grades, as in 
uh, not failing anything and just making sure that I'm enjoying the process. There's not really uh, much to worry about. So then the focus becomes more so things that we both want to talk about other than school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a good conversation to have, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, my mom's kind of always been like the cheerleader and my dad's always been the person to like kick me back down a notch. <laughs> and so dads are um, great. So I kind of have I don't know, I can call up either one and depending on like what I think I need. So like after I because f- I failed an exam for like the very first time ever last semester and it was anatomy and it was the first one and i was like i don't even know so i called my mom and i was like mom (laughs) i just got got destroyed and she was like you know where you are right and i was like yeah i know where i am she was like you're gonna be okay and i need that was exactly what i needed in that moment and so i i don't know i think i've said this before moms are great i think i've said this on the show before but i do remember in college being upset about some aspect of my life and telling my mom about it. And in an effort to uh, to pick me up, she took out the recommendations that my guidance counselors had written for, <laughs> for me to, uh, to make me feel better. They do try. They do try. Did it make you feel better? No, because the problem I was having was with women and uh, a, a woman. And, you know, it wasn't quite applicable, but, you know, I thought it was nice. Yeah. I appreciate it. It'd be kind of weird if your counselor, if your guidance counselor could like give an applicable (laughs) statement in that situation. Yeah, that should be a thing. (laughs) Great with girls. He's going to kill it with the ladies someday. Fantastic lover. (laughs) Man. (laughs) You know, anybody aside from Aline have a medical parent? No? Okay. Sometimes, a lot of times, students come to med school and their parents were are doctors. And uh, I just wonder if sometimes you have to have that conversation with them eventually. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to do what you're going to do. I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to do this the way you did it. Make, make the decisions that you made the way you made them. But that might be, if your parent is a physician and depending on how the parent deals with, with things, that might be a conversation to have ahead of time. Um, I'm kind of in a, a different position, which might be a little bit I don't know, in in some ways better than having a medical parent. I've got a medical grandparent and a medical aunt. And so they're like just far enough removed from my immediate family to where um, like, I don't think there's any issue with like path selection. Like they're not going to be annoyed if I don't go down a certain path like a parent might be. Mm -hmm. But also it means that my parent has already dealt with, well, with her sister going through a medical education oh yeah and she's dealt with her dad being in the medical profession for her entire childhood oh yeah my, sure. my mom can kind of empathize with that yeah um, still being an outsider yet having that experience already and now that i'm realizing this and reflecting on it it's definitely been been helpful one of the things that somebody suggested in our co-host chat was tell your family to spread the word uh, don't ask what kind of doctor i'm going to be until my third year. It seems like such a common question that it gets kind of irritating. You know, like it's complicated. They don't, they don't know. Can I I tell you something about that? Yeah. I think it's, those are just one of the questions that people ask nine times out of 10 to fill empty space. Yeah. And I think the skill for us is recognizing when that person is genuinely asking or just like, the weather is great, right? And so it's kind of on us to have an equally bland and inoffensive <laughs> milk-like answer locked and loaded, right? And ev- so every person in life has one of these questions. And I, I keep a mental list of them. And one of them, when I used to wait tables, the most common joke that got old immediately was when people would hand me their clean plate, be like, I hated it. And I'd be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> but like, 
everyone says that. And when you're the person who says it, it's adorable to you, but to your server, they're like, I heard that 20 other times today, but like, it's not that it's not that person's fault. The 20,000 people before them have already said that thing. Yeah. Right. You, well, you so I can understand that it's annoying, but like, it's just, it's one of those things that happens in life that you have to deal with. You've done stand up, And I think one of the things that I've noticed or that I've surmised about standup comedians is that at some point they're going to get heckled and it's good to have a response ready. Right. Am I right about this? Or at least, you know, maybe for audience yeah. interaction purposes, it's good to like it. Like if that you tell that joke and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't fly. You have a ready sort of go to response for that. That's that will get a laugh. Yeah. And maybe that's the same thing that you that you, maybe you apply that lesson to these questions that you get at the weddings and at, at the family reunions or whatever. I was going to say, actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I think stand up as a hobby has really changed my mindset around adversity in general. And in particular, in situations like that, I, I wouldn't say that I used to get annoyed a lot or upset a lot. But however much that used to be, it's almost zero now mm -hmm. because immediately when something annoying happens to me or in my day, I get annoyed for a second. And then almost immediately I'm like, there's a joke here. I, I can just use have that. to find it. I can do like, that. I'm going to find a way to laugh at this situation and then make my, my friends laugh at this situation and then get paid to make drunk strangers laugh at this situation, <laughs> which is the optimal. But yeah, I think you can, you can be posed a question like that and get annoyed about it, or you can make a joke of it and that'll, yeah. Like, yeah, all of them. I want to be all types of doctor. Do you have any advice? Yes, something <laughs> that makes both of you laugh. Like, I want to be the richest one, actually. So, I don't know. Aline, you've, you've like said a couple different reply statements to this, but what is your quote locked and loaded statement? To what kind of doctor I want to be? Yeah, yeah. I don't have a funny one. My very generic one is I'm keeping an open mind. I've heard that okay. one so many times. Mainly, it's because I don't want to commit and then have them come back to me years later and be like, "You said you were going to be a surgeon. What happened to that?" Mm. Like, oh yeah, I don't want to deal with those, you know. But while we're uh, while we're talking about expectation management, say that yeah. you're gonna do. You, I'm gonna be the worst doctor. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna be the yeah. most sued doctor. Yeah, I plan to lose my yeah. license, and I plan to be. I plan there to be several protracted legal battles. That's right. That's actually a great. That's actually very funny to just be like the worst possible one. Don't even try to hit me up for free medical advice. It's going to be bad. Hey, for you. there you go. That's an idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Family members asking medical advice. Yeah. That's a, that's a new feeling for me. I went home yeah. for uh well, this is actually after I got into med school. I was already working in an ortho clinic for a while and I visited some family and they start off the conversation like, you know, so you're going to med school where at okay iowa i have no idea where that is cool <laughs> yeah so uh my back's been hurting a lot lately do you know anything i could do for that go to a yeah. doctor recommend just pull out your phone and be like let's ask google because it knows more than i do <laughs> <laughs> i mean that that really was that really was a thing actually my first and second semesters people hitting us up for medical advice and you're like i just started it takes seven years i'm i'm a seventh i'm one fourteenth of the way through like give me a minute before i start telling you what to do with your body my brother-in-law is like are you gonna be my doctor I'm like why are you asking me like yeah also i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to see any of all that oh my response to 
some of my family members have been whenever they ask what kind of doctor you want to be is the one that doesn't have to take care of you. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's good. Yeah. One of my mom's friends a couple weeks ago was like, hey, so I can ask you for medical advice now, right? And I was like, you can ask me for medical advice and I can tell you something, but don't come crying back to me when it's totally wrong because I don't, I just don't know anything. I'm sorry. (laughs) You get what you pay for is what you say. Like, here's free advice. You can't sue me if it goes wrong. That's, that's the, that's the devil's deal you're making here. Yep. There's another thing that parents sometimes do that I think might be a problem, which is they, and it's not all parents, certainly it's probably a very small number of parents, but they want to continue their involvement in your career, in your educational life these are the the people who call us occasionally with concerns like helicopter parents plus my advice to parents would probably be and this is not sanctioned by anybody this is just how i feel about it so you know take it with a grain of salt call us with questions sure but don't worry about advocating for your child because at this point your child is probably an adult and can advocate for themselves That's not to say don't be there for them when they're having problems, but I think there's probably a point where you need to let them fight their battles. And it it can take a bit for a new medical student to get their feet under them. And things change often in medical school. Things happen. That process will happen several times, but let them work it out. I have had people call, you know, my name is on the web, my name and phone number is on the website. So I have people, I have had, I have had people call, they sort of picked your name out of the list of people on the website and and, and call huh. and i don't know like that I, seems weirdly infantilizing to their kid uh, it's because this idea is crazy to me <laughs> yeah i mean it, maybe it's something else maybe if like the student and the parent talked and the student like asked the parent to get involved which also hey you're a grown-up you should try to handle this on your own but you know what i take that back i'm I'm sure there are some situations where that's completely the right way to go but the scenario i'm imagining is like parents just taking it upon themselves to intervene on their child's behalf which yeah assuming you went to college and then came straight out you're at least 22 when you're in med school yeah i think that's tough the problem with this advice is that maybe the sort of parent who would do this might not take the advice (laughs) the people who need this are not going to listen to it yeah there's so many ways to help your kid who's in medical school you can help them with or your family member with medical school there's so many ways you can help them if they have kids help them with child care if you can definitely provide emotional support uh run into run interference with other family members who want to take your time if that's something you're okay with and they want to do send food this is the the big this is the big piece of advice i got from our co-host chat send food med students don't always have time for three squares a day or to prepare good good meals for them you know med students don't have a lot of money they don't have a lot of time sign them up sign up for meal kits ask them ask Maybe them if right it would now. be yeah ask them if it'd be cool if you'd sign them up for a, a meal kit delivery service you know if they can if they can fit half an hour into like half an hour to an hour to cook Maybe that would be a fun thing. I think the problem with that advice is that we have we have a meal kit delivery thing in, in our house. It's three meals a week for a, uh, a family of four. It's great. The problem is sometimes I just don't want to cook. And so now I've got like these three things that's like um, sitting in the refrigerator saying, cook me, cook me, cook me. If you don't cook me, you're going to have more next week. 
<laughs> but anyway, you can talk I mean, about that. What we're working towards is like food just materializing inside your body already. <laughs> and then when that when that happens, we're going to be like, I hate digesting all this food. I yes. wish someone would do it for me. Digest the food for your children. It's it's one of those things for me, like we were talking earlier about, you know, the time we spend away from studying, we feel guilt, but I have to be like, okay, well, I need food. And if I'm not giving my body sustenance, I can't study efficiently. And having those meal kits, I don't have to take the time to go to the store. I don't have to take the time to meal plan. Yeah. And it's made a huge difference since I started doing it. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Is it affordable? It seems like... It, I haven't done the cost comparison, but the convenience seems unreal. The one, um, the one that it, we do is, I think I figured it out. It was like seven bucks a serving, which isn't, I mean, it's maybe ours, cheaper. Some I think ours is around 10 because we get it for two people. And compared to eating out, which we were doing way more than yeah. we needed to, it's way mm -hmm. more effective than that. Yeah. And with the grocery shopping, so much less waste. And so it probably... That's a big one. Yeah, I will yeah say, throwing food away. Yeah, I think I had a friend who was a grad student in engineering, and we lived together for a year. I think it was last. Yeah, it was last year. And he like HelloFresh. He had one subscription with them and then canceled it. And so now, like every two or three months, they send him a "We want you back." <laughs> <laughs> and so he gets I don't know fifty percent off coupon or something. And That's so just life on the internet, right there. You know. Yeah. True. So so Alex and I lived together, and one of our roommates did that, and he got. I think three months worth of meal delivery to him that he didn't ask for. <laughs> and he got people to sign up with his like referral code. So if you want a lot of free food that you don't know what to do with, that's also a great idea. Yeah. Smart. All right. So these are some ideas of, of things that you can, you know, talk with your family about as you, before you go into medical school and as problems communication issues crop up best of luck if you've got ideas that we should have shared that we didn't i'd love to hear them you can send thoughts to the shortcoats at gmail.com call us 347 short ct and and we'll talk about it i need to take a break here to tell you that we are live streaming this recording on our facebook group the shortcoat podcast student lounge this is a new effort for us and we'd love for you to be there so you can comment and ask questions and basically be part of the show so become a member of the shortcoat student lounge to help us out with the show just be part of it. Someone did comment, actually. And yes. We haven't brought it up yet. I know. But. It's crazy. Suzanne, who's been listening to the podcast since 2016. That's amazing. I have two favorite things about my job, you guys. The first is podcasting with y'all. The second is when, during a podcast, I get to put on my fake medical educator hat and teach you something of huge importance. That's what I'm going to do today with an exercise I'm calling The Caveman Doctor Will See You Now. Uh, here's how it works. You will pair up for each round. One of you will role play as the doctor and the other as the patient. So your job is to act out the patient encounter for two minutes, but there's another catch. You're both ancient humans, cave people. You can only talk like cavemen using single syllable words, no articles like a or the, and you must use a caveman voice that we all know from the archeo archeological record that this is how cavemen talk. Right? Shall I demonstrate? Yeah. Well, I think we got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want a demonstration. I well, if you normally <laughs> ask, if you would normally ask, what treatment shall we pursue for this malady, doctor? The patient would say something like, what we do. Okay. That's fantastic. All right. So the first condition, the first pair is going to be Alex and Aline. And Alex, you are the doctor. And the condition okay. that you're 
telling her about that she has is mitral valve prolapse. Go. Right. You have heart valve broken. No, <laughs> broke. <laughs> what valve? Uh, uh, heart valve. <laughs> what heart? <laughs> Big heart pump in chest. Move oh, blood here. to body. Yes. Okay. In middle of trunk. <laughs> what trunk? You snob. <laughs> you trunk. You trunk. You you trunk. You trunk. Big heart in chest. Trunk. No blood move. Well, if valve broke in chest trunk. Sounds serious. Oh. <laughs> we were finally getting somewhere. Why'd you stop us? I was finally starting to understand what was wrong with heart valve prolapse. You said serious. You That's... also missed elitist. Elitist? Oh, well, yeah. I did say elitist. A... <laughs> well, Grog, think you, Grog think you elitist. <laughs> Not like every Grog. All right, that was a good start. We set the bar high, me and Alex. You see. Yeah, I, I will take. I would take if if I was keeping track of points, I would take points off for not using voice. You must 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 make voice deep, like caveman. I'm a classy cave cave girl. I'm a cave debutante, actually. You think cave? That's why I was. You think cave cave girl have high voice? No. We're cave lady. No, that's two. Yeah. We're cave girl voice deep. Cave babe. Cave babe. Cave babe. Uh, Let's try. That would be a good hashtag. Hashtag cave Dave. Cave Dave. <laughs> Let's have Nicole and AJ. Uh, Nicole, you're the doctor. Discuss type 2 diabetes. That's a hard one. You eat. Get fat. <laughs> <laughs> Blood. Bad. Uh, sugar. Hi. Uh, uh, I can't. I can't. Red. Red. Ooze. Meat. Cut. <laughs> huh? Cut. Dinner. Red. Dinner. Aw. <laughs> Aw. Did I get a rip oh in the God. chat for the live stream? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. You. You fat. Run more. Oh. <laughs> this is so insensitive. <laughs> thinking that i'm a caveman i haven't learned any uh yeah you haven't you haven't learned uh human decency yet mm, right mm, mm, Wait, no. it's okay for us to be unenlightened here we're just we're we're being true to the times the era that we're portraying social determinants of health haven't been discovered yet yeah every chocolate yeah, hadn't been discovered yet year. eat <laughs> eat more green food Ooh. eat like rabbit not lion eat rabbit <laughs> Eat like rabbit, not lion. Rabbit. That's two syllables. Eat lion rabbit? AJ's a particularly <laughs> dumb caveman. It's all good. of all of these cave doctors would get sued out of whatever rocks they own or whatever the currency is at that time. This, this single, this single syllable thing isn't isn't good for me. See, but you know. The possible. I guess the thing I'm trying to teach you here is not how to talk down to your patients, but you know, maybe emphasize that you need to leave the jargon at home or leave the jar leave the jargon in your office this is the hidden curriculum yes <laughs> all right let's try this one we'll we'll go with alex and aj aj you're the doctor this time ruptured anterior cruciate ligament you are setting us up to fail with these dave couldn't you just go with like 
broken femur <laughs> or dislocated a much more likely thing for a cave person to die of i got this i'm channeling my inner ortho now all right what is wrong doc <laughs> your knee hurt me fix give me saw how fix with saw <laughs> It's okay. Soft, soft feel pain. <laughs> soft feel pain. Only a little. Then no I need drug for pain. <laughs> Please. I have caveman club. Me no. Good drug. No how, more pain. How fix knee. <laughs> Here, Hammer. drug. Here, drug. Chew on leaf. Make feel good. Yay. Leave. Now you walk. <laughs> Cured. <laughs> Knee walk good. Excellent. Excellent. All right. We'll leave it there. Nicole and Aline, this time, Aline, have you been the doctor yet? No, you haven't been the doctor yet. You can, I've not been the doctor. You can discuss with Cave Nicole her chlamydia. Oh, all right. Nicole, problem. <laughs> Already. That's a two-syllable word. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even... I, I wouldn't know how to talk about this today with a patient. I don't know what to say. Can I phone a friend? Can my friends help me out? <laughs> there are there are no phones in caveman time. No, no, like rock on the on the cave wall to like summon a neighbor. Or something? Mm, I'm afraid not. Oh jeez. I know. He's an in. infectious cave disease consult. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, you cave problem. What cave? You cave down there. <laughs> you below cave problem no anyone with a cave problem oh boy anyone or contact tracing who <laughs> <laughs> cave the health department cave want no <laughs> oh. that's the best i can do guys oh. that's the best i can how to tell <sighs> I don't even, I don't know. What to tell? Tell them cave warm. Ow. <laughs> Send rock note by friend. By mail. I, I Make... don't like how badly I am failing at this game right now. I'm really bad at this. All right. All right. Let's see. One more time. This time, Nicole and Alex. Alex. Well, Nicole Nicole will be the surgeon or the doctor again. This I like time. Being patient. This time. Surgeon. <laughs> This time, Alex has hemorrhoids that need surgical removal. Mm. I don't know how to explain this. Mm. <laughs> you push hard. <laughs> On wall? Mm, mm, mm. Make, make brown come out. Ah, brown, brown. Mm, mm. Yes, brown. How many each day? 17. Uh, okay. I don't think they have numbers that go that high. Is hard or soft? Both. At same time. Does bleed? Big, hard, and red. Does hurt? Yes. Hurt mm. much. Mm. Hurt mm. much, big pain. Mm. Wife left. This is this is the most successful <laughs> encounter. Wife left. <laughs> You eat more green. More green? Can eat mm, like mm. leaf? Yes. Yes. Ah. Mm. Ah. So seems to be Dr. Nicole's go-to piece of advice. So, yes. <laughs> so so brown, more soft. Less will, hurt. Will do. 
Less red. Will green leaf help pain in heart from wife left? <laughs> no. Some some green. Some green. Mm-mm. No, but live will get revenge. But, okay, it's not going to work. <laughs> mm. get, big, version of- get, get big from green. Wife will regret. Wife Re- will <laughs> regret. Wife will wish she stay. Yes. Sad Thank- she sad she go. Thank you, Doc. Cry lot. Very Being good. Sad. Very good. Terrific. So you worked in a little extra advice there. That was nice. Fixed his hemorrhoids and his heart. That's right. <laughs> now we're getting into the social determinants. Well, look, uh, that is our show. AJ, Alex, Nicole, Aline. Thank you for being uh, with me on the show today. It was fun. Despite our terrible cave medicine hey, look. advice, we did the best we could considering that we did not have a chance to study for these encounters. So. Yeah, it wasn't fair of me. And what kind of fungal infection would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcuts, for making us part of your week? If you're new here and you like what you heard today, subscribe to our show wherever fine podcasts are available. I remind you that your questions are vital to the show because they mean the show can be what you want it to be about. Send questions and comments to the shortcuts at gmail.com or you can leave a message at 347-SHORTCT. We'll talk about it on the show while your podcast app is open we hope you'll be the kind of listener we're always grateful for give us some stars and a review just to let us know if we're doing this right Uh, our editor this week is Eric Bozart and Alex Belzer is our marketing coordinator the show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine student government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere talk to you in one week